So we're having a debate here. Um, Andrew came through. He knocked on the door. I ran out, but I had just jumped out the shower and I was butt naked, cheeks in the breeze. <laughs> and I told him, "Hey, bro, I just got out the shower. Through the Let door. me get right back through to the you. door." So I go to the room. I put the robe on. I open it up. Now the debate is, what if it was a thief, right? I mean, the question is. If it's a thief, is it appropriate to fight a man naked? <laughs> and he believes it's all right. I don't. I don't go for that shit. Are you saying like is it all right for both parties, or what do you mean? No, you're, the, not you're right. the only one that's butt naked. Okay, you're saying like is the other person who's not butt naked? Are they gonna not fight you because you're naked? Is that what you're saying? I don't know what they're gonna do. I feel like if you're naked, you have like the psychological advantage. How he doesn't or, want to touch you? Yeah, like they could like, oh man, I was gonna punch this guy in the chest, but or the stomach, but like, nah, I don't. That's too close to the groin. Like, I don't want to, you know, you, like you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, stare or like get hit or hit the junk or whatever. So you kind of like, it's like, <clears throat> like you're limited to like, you, like the, the whole body was like your strike zone, and now it's just reduced to like upper body, and like you're kind of like, and like you know. Like, uh, I don't know if I want... Like, you hesitate. You have, like, that split-second hesitation where, like, you're... It's, like, the initial shock factor, and then, like, while the person's shocked, you can get in, like, a quick, like, blow-in or something. Okay, now you're assuming every thief is straight. So what if you... I think that would apply either way. If they're... Even if they're not straight, they'd be just like, like... Huh? So he'll, he'll have honor not to grab you, but not to jump... Not to break into your house? I, th- I think... That initial shock factor—it's kind of like you have like the jump on him. Like even though he—he's like, okay, like this guy's gonna—he's open the door. I'm gonna go in. He sees you naked. and He's like, he just lost the element of surprise because you just kind of you like counter surprise. So the shock him. will have him run away. Is what you're saying? No, not necessarily run away, but I think it buys you like a split second to like go for like a throat like chop or something. Okay, so this is the other dilemma that I have. Um, like you know, I grew up in LA, whatever, kind of sketchy. Mm-hmm. I've seen like break-ins and. Uh, maybe I'll get into that story later, but because of the things that I've seen, I don't know if other guys do this, but I have weapons fucking everywhere, right? I'm in the kitchen. I know exactly where the biggest knife is. I'm in the garage. It's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith where you have like guns underneath like the counters. And yeah, I, I'm in the garage. I got my machete, my axe in the room. I got a f- big ass fishing knife. I got oh, other little flip knives, whatever. So the problem is- I don't think is, I would use- sh- If I was naked, I don't think I would want to use sharp that's objects. That's what I'm saying. If yeah. I know somebody's breaking in, I'm going for a knife- and I don't want my dick swinging, and I slice my dick off. <laughs> Blades are pointing. And then the guy is like, hey, bro, you, you dropped your dick. It's fucking gone. So I, if I'm going to use knives, I got to have at least some boxes on, right? For sure. Yeah, I, I think it's like um, there's a bit from Grand Theft Auto Vice City where the guy, there's like a – it's one of those like talk radio stations – and there's there's like a nudist like on the on the show, and he talks about like if everybody was naked, like there would be no wars. Like think about it, like you wouldn't want to use a howitzer or a flamethrower if you were naked, right? You could like burn or like shoot or cut something. It's like you don't. It's like you know if you're naked, like you can't. You're too busy like not fighting, basically. And I was like, that's dumb. But he is right. Like you wouldn't want to use weapons when you're naked because that just feels like. I don't know, one bad angle, one bad, like, you know, reversal on you, and, like, there goes your junk. A few little sparks. Anything sparks, anything. Catch, ignites, like, your pubes or something. Oh, my God, dude. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> like, dry brush or something. <laughs> just imagine you're in front of a guy, your ass is out, and the guy behind you, his his shells out of his gun are 
fucking blazing hot. <laughs> that was um. That reminds me of, I can't remember right now, but it does remember, remind me of somebody like I thought. I think it was a movie or a game. They got like a they have a scar and it's because like a burnt shell like landed on their cheek or something. So you know who was who was the real soldier that fought naked? Who naked snake? <laughs> naked snake. Yeah, Metal Gear. It wasn't naked. He was naked because he didn't have any guns on it, any weapons on him. He was going in naked in terms of like he wasn't. He didn't have any equipment. He had clothes. He just didn't have like. Okay, Raiden was naked. That is true. Raiden is naked in with a sword. Yeah, with a big ass knife. I don't think he's using the sword though, because he's using both hands to like cover his crotch when he's running around. Remember? Yeah, good point. Snake gives him his clothes and the sword right after that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but again, it. you see, he couldn't have fought because he he needs to use both hands to like cover his junk. He can't fight with just one hand. Have you ever had a? No, no. break-ins, none of that. Oh, I thought you say have you ever fought someone naked? No. <laughs> That's what I'm Freakins? No, <clears throat> never. I remember. Okay, was, we'll get to the news. What this is a gaming show, whatever. I was a little kid, right? <clears throat> and then one day I'm I'm with my dad, and we came from groceries or something, right? And we're in the four by four, and it's dark. He's just driving. He's cruising. I'm just talking to him, and we pull up to the house, and of course it's it's like there's the street light is like way too far, one way back there, one way over there. And all you got is the headlights from the truck. And as we're pulling up to the to the house, there's a guy that runs from the side of the house, of our house. There's like a black fence. Mm-hmm. This dude runs out. <clears throat> and it's the sketchiest shit, dude. It's so, like, stereotypical. This guy is dressed in all black. All black shoes, Ski black mask. pants. Uh, he, I think he had a, his mask. I don't remember where it was. I don't know if it was on his face or if it was too dark. Black shirt, whatever. And... On over his shoulder, he had a black bag, like Santa Claus. It was ridiculous. It was a humongous bag, right? And he's carrying this shit. And he's like, he's power walking out to the street as the truck is pulling up. And he's mo- trying to move so fast, like, my dad almost hit him, right? <clears throat> and we're like, what the fuck? Like, we don't know that motherfucker, right? So he looks sketch as fuck. So then he just jumps in his car and he takes off. And then we get out, kind of like surprised, like what? What's going on? And then, out of that same gate, our neighbor, he, he's hopping, dude. He's got his legs tied up with um, tight well, t- with uh, like tape, the gray tape. Mm-hmm. He's got his feet tied up. He's hopping out. He's got his hands tied up, and then he's got tape all over his face. What? And. His whole body is also taped to a whole ass chair. And he's just bouncing out there. And then my dad runs up to him and he's like, what the fuck happened? And he takes off the tape off his face. And he's like, this motherfucker robbed me, whatever. And my dad's like, if if I would have known, I would have ran his ass over. And, uh, yeah. It's shit you see on LA. I remember your mom told me once that someone tried to break down your front door or something. And she like, screamed at them. Right here in this house. Oh, it was a long time ago. That's, uh... That was because the house was on sale, and like there was no activity in the house, uh-huh. so they were like casing the house. Yeah. So they would come and knock and see if anybody would answer and knock on the windows. Uh, they would like make their rounds before they break in, you know. Mm-hmm. And then um, one day, they try to break in the house, and I wasn't here, and my mother was uh, by the door, 
And I, well, I wasn't here. And she said, Johnny, she said, get the gun, get the gun. So once they heard that, they just left. You're like, what guy, mom? What guy? <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, Johnny. Let's get started, shall we? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Duo Sons podcast, a weekly video game podcast for the most part. Uh, I'm your host, as always, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed lost cause, because he is always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one, the truth, Johnny. Hey. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm good. You good? I had like, I had like a mild heartburn. Or also. I had, um, so real quick, I had... To, this was the first time I ever had uh, Thai food. Mm-hmm. If you remember, like I, a couple weeks ago, I, saw, I don't know if it was on the pod or like off the pod, but we we're talking about how um, I wanted to try more food, like just like culturally, cultural food and stuff. So I went to a Thai place today on purpose. Like, like I went out of my way. It was down like uh, it's about it's by Bear Valley Road by the by the mall. And I asked the guy, like, I walked in to my seat. The guy asked me, like, oh, like, what do, you, do you know what you need on a gown? I was like, I've never been here before. Like, what's the recommended thing? He's like, oh, well, like, the pot, pad thai is, like, the most popular thing. I'm like, okay, let me try that. And he's like, oh, like, comes with, like, you know, chicken, beef, or shrimp. Now, I love seafood. I love shrimp. But he says that the chicken one is, like, the common one. So I'm like, okay, let me try that. Like, five, six minutes past, maybe? It's, like, really quick, actually. It comes with the pad thai. Gives me my raspberry iced tea. So mm-hmm. he, I take a bite. I'm like, oh, this is really good. And he's like, oh, try the hot sauce with it. So he comes back with hot sauce. And I add the hot sauce. Not too hot. It's more flavor than, like, heat. So good. So, so good. I can't believe I've never had this before. Like, the chip. It was very fun. It was, like, a big plate. It was a very big plate of just, like, these noodles with, like, green onion and, like, peanut crumbles all over it. And then, like, you know, you add the hot sauce and stuff. And you stir it and mix it. And it was just, mmm. So, so good. How do you compare that to... How do you say? I know I'm not saying it right. Pho. I never had pho. Pho, yeah, yeah. I've never had Vietnamese food. <clears throat> really? You've never had I've had, the... I've had Korean. I've had Chinese. I've had Japanese. But I never had Thai until today. Never had Vietnamese. Uh, I don't even know if Taiwan, because it's basically just China. I don't know if Taiwan even has its own like culinary culture. Probably does after 70 years. But I've never had Vietnamese or any of that stuff. So... This is me trying to branch out. I already looked up. There's a. I want to go oh, probably next week. There's a. There's two Indian restaurants in Hesperia, mm-hmm. and I want to. I want to. I want to go try Indian food because I've never had Indian food before. The, they have curry, right? They do have curry. The coconut stuff. I, I think. think well, the, well, uh, the Thai place I went to today also had curry. They had coconut in it. So I don't know which is the authentic one. I have to give. It they have like try. a coconut milk with something like curry or something like that. Yeah, I have to give it another try because I've tried it before and it just wasn't a pleasant experience. I heard Indian food's very strong, especially for like if you have like a Western palate. Like Indian food like hits hard. It's very spicy, very pungent, mm-hmm. very like it's strong. It affects your like intestines very strongly. I hear so, but I'm I I want to be adventurous. I want to try more food. I want to break out of my safe my comfort zone food wise. So, anyways, so that's right now my stomach's kind of rumbling because I had I think I put too much hot sauce, and I've been kind of like feeling the churning, like I'm making butter inside of me or something. So, let's start with our first John. I was gonna say let's start with our first Johnny. Let's start with our first story, <laughs> Johnny. Uh, this is written by VGC, good old video game chronicles, written by posted by Tom Ivan. 
It says Microsoft has subpoenaed PlayStation for its defense against FTC lawsuit. So let's find out what this is about. It says, according to a court filing, the Xbox maker wants Sony to divulge details of PlayStation's game production pipeline. The information, which Microsoft believes is relevant to its case, may include confidential details that Sony would be reluctant to share with its rival if possible. Quote, negotiations between Sony Sony Interactive Entertainment and Microsoft as to the scope of Sony Interactive Entertainment's production and a discovery schedule are ongoing, the filing reads. Following a week-long extension, Sony has until January 27th, so that's a few days from now, to move to limit, quash, or otherwise respond to the subpoena. In December, the FTC announced plans to sue Microsoft in a bid to stop its $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard, which the regulator argues would enable the company to suppress competitors to its Xbox console, subscription content, and cloud gaming business. Among other concerns, the FTC and Sony have expressed worries that the deal could significantly reduce PlayStation's ability to compete, given that it would see Microsoft gain ownership of the Call of Duty series, which Sony has called irreplaceable. In their responses to the FTC's complaint, Microsoft and Activision have argued that their merger would be pro-competitive and benefit consumers by making the Call of Duty publishers' games more broadly available and then ends with, in a bid to address regulatory concerns, Microsoft recently said it had offered Sony a 10-year legally enforceable contract to make each new Call of Duty game available on PlayStation the same day it comes to Xbox. The FTC, FTC said earlier this month that there had been no substantive settlement talks with Microsoft over the prospect acquisi- proposed acquisition. If it goes to trial, the case will be judged during hearings set to take place in August 2023. All right, John, I'm, I, I was hoping this article would feature more exactly about the details of why Xbox feels it's relevant to include all the stuff that Sony has in the production line. I'm guessing they kind of want to point to say, like, oh, yeah, like, Sony has all this stuff planned. Like, they're going to, I don't know if they're trying to use this as ammunition against Sony. They're using their own, like, production line of, like, here's all the games we have scheduled. Like, like trust me, like, PlayStation's not hurting from us. Do you think that's like the angle they're going for? Or do you think they're kind of this kind of feels like it also might be like vindictive? Like, yeah, like, it feels like a bully move. I think there's you can kind of look at this from two angles. There's there's a yeah, we're gonna bully you, and this feels gonna, like re- re- retaliation for the whole like Google and and was it uh Windows or whatever, like all teaming up, not Windows, I'm sorry, that's Microsoft, Apple, right? Mm-hmm. Google, Apple, and Sony all teaming up on Microsoft. This feels like they're kind of, I don't th- I think they pretty much, they they don't expect this to actually go anywhere, but I think they just kind of want Sony to just feel some pressure in return. It could just be a bluff, of course. Yeah. But I think this could be more of two birds and two birds with one stone because. What's the other bird? Well, if Sony is going to give them the pipeline. Of the way they process, like their their uh, conveyor belt of like gaming studios, right? Like how do they actually how the fucking meat is made? How the yeah, how the sausage is made? How the sausage is made? Yeah, like that would really benefit Microsoft a lot because mm. I mean Sony's got crazy top tier studios, right? Yeah, like what what and is maybe, what is their like creative process like? Yeah, and maybe the fanboy me is like. Same, of course, Xbox isn't developing like a PlayStation fanboy. What? No, well, that's why I need you to (laughs) give me your rebuttal here. Like, 
Do you get what I'm saying? Like they're exposing their their methods, their tactics. No, for sure. I mean, it's kind of, it's similar to like uh, when companies go after other companies for like um like oh like you know your uh, what was the thing that we saw recently with Disney where like they lost um, they didn't lose something but they now they have uh, like the what's it called the something expires the, yeah but what do you call that like the the it's not exclusivity what do you call that it's like they don't have the like, it it goes into like the public domain kind of thing right Copyright. yeah. So I, I maybe Microsoft is trying to get like PlayStation to divulge some stuff. Maybe they kind of just wanted to like snuff out whatever like if they had presentation, which we know they have probably presentations in, the, in like in the pipeline. They probably kind of want to you know pull the rug under their feet a little bit, make them have to like divulge stuff in public. In I public think it's court. really smart of Xbox to do this, but at the same time it might backfire. You know, because everybody might jump on Microsoft and say like this exact exactly why we don't want them. Like, they're this emboldened when they don't have a monopoly. Like, imagine, like... Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. I could see it backfiring, but I... How would that look like? Exactly. What do you think? I don't know. I think... Well, I think... So, I'm not a legal expert, so it makes it hard to really have a definitive, like, take on this. But I feel... Microsoft does obviously feels the pressure. It feels like it's losing support. It feels like oh, like wait a minute, there's all these like things now that were issues that weren't issues before. I really do think like it's just kind of thrashing about. Like here's like the one thing it can probably do. Kind of like it's like in its death throes, kind of just like let me lash out, do whatever I can to hurt PlayStation essentially. And then there was the I don't know if I could find it. There was the thing here about how the FTC... Did you see this? So the FTC is purposely making this issue thing because they're trying to reset. Like they're, um, they're purposely making an example out of this whole thing because they're trying to reset the way they're perceived or something like that. Like, like they're being unnecessarily harsh on Microsoft as a kind of like a display of like... Oh, we let a lot of stuff slide with like other acquisitions. Like, okay, we need to like kind of make an example of this one. They're like, oh no, like we're still doing our thing here. Did they give an example? Um, let me see if I can find it real quick. I think I saw this. I know I saw it somewhere on Twitter, but let me see if I can find it here. Um, let me look down here. Uh. Shoot, where was it? Ah, oh, I can't find it. Like, it's not just, it's not a coincidence or just something like randomly. Like, no, like they're purposely being hard on this because they let a lot of stuff kind of just lax, like slide. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, oh, shoot. You know what? I can't find it right now because I can't find it. I, I don't know. I don't want to say that's for sure the real thing, but... All right, well, where do we put this? Microsoft is going to win. Sony's going to win. Well, Sony doesn't win anything. They don't get anything out of it. They just, you know... Well, they win Call of Duty, according to them. That's the reason they don't want Well, they would have got Call of Duty either way, right? If it was, like, part of, like, the Microsoft plan to make Call of Duty available on all platforms, I think they would have got... Uh, the... It's not so much that they win, it's just that they... 
it's like that line from which call it from like uh rise of skywalker where hux says like i don't want kylo he's like i don't care he's like i don't care about winning he's like, i just he's like i just care about kylo ren losing like like saying like it's not about like it's not about me getting something out of this it's to stop them from like out of spite getting something else really that said i don't see how playstation would get anything out of this microsoft would just I know Microsoft if they don't complete the deal like they owe like Activision Blizzard like three billion dollars in like fees or something like that. Yeah, that's right. As like a as a kind of like a wasting your time kind of thing. Why do you think they want it so bad? You think it's just Call of Duty? No, because they even talked about plans for other things. How they want to they want Call of Duty obviously, but they also want to like revive some old like activision blizzard like ips like other kinds of things too sure but that doesn't make any sense to me and you'll see why later but do they have rare rare has the ridiculous they have ridiculous fucking ip well they are using they're doing perfect dark right with the initiative and it's not going coalition i forget which one initiative or coalition i forget their names yeah well that's part of the point they're not doing well Uh, i think recently they said they're gonna go on overdrive for perfect dark because perfect dark development wasn't going well and they were going to take off a uh, focus off of Tomb Raider. So they're having problems with us. Rare, rare, you know, the gaming company. They don't have Tomb Raider. No, but the same studios were supposed to be working on it. Is it? Oh, because they're helping out with it, right? Or something like that? Yeah, I remember there was like a loan going on with uh, Square Enix and all that. Yeah, because Embracer has Tomb Raider now. Yeah, so the studio that's supposed to be working on Tomb Raider is also working on perfect dark they're adding help yeah yeah like supporting yeah, so they're just shifting the development because perfect dark isn't doing well and then the other game from rare that i wanted them to like fully fully restore was killer instinct that didn't really pan out and then they have banjo kazooie which uh, yeah they haven't done anything worth worthwhile yeah yeah i don't know if they still have uh battle toads um donkey kong they don't have that but that's the pedigree of the studio right of well, course it's not the same people well for the most part when they bought rare they put they made rare not because of its like ip but they made rare as like their support satellite studio for like helping with other stuff yeah but regardless they still have their ips right. and it's like if we can't get a studio to create any of these famous ip like come back to life then oh man what's gonna happen to call of duty like i know they said that the studios are still gonna work on their terms, etc. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You can say that now and not follow through later. Yeah, I don't know. They might end up making them a support studio like they did with Rare, right? I don't think you buy Blizzard Activision just to make them, you know, make them do support like little models know, here and there. Like, that's what happened to Rare. Yeah, but you, you can't compare Rare, a smaller studio bought like almost twenty years ago, to the. Right now, where you need like all hands on deck to keep like games go coming on, like there's well, like nothing right now, really. Well, like, it's like you, it's a completely different situation, different time, different situation. Well, just look at you know like Twitter. A lot of people were saying like uh, Xbox is where IPs go to die. They used to say that about EA too, but um, I guess to an extent. But I mean, there's like that bad news with Halo going on right now too, with three four three, like how they're like oh, that's right, they're hemorrhaging a lot of talent, and like I think the guy who went, the guy who joined three four three to like save or rescue Halo, that is now leaving the studio to go back to like what is what he used to do at the other Microsoft Was studio. Was it Microsoft marketing or something like that? 
What? What was the old studio? I don't remember the name. I forgot the put new position that he took. I read yeah. it. I just I just forgot it. Yeah, I don't remember the name. But like like he's done with it basically. Like they're kind of just kind of like like it is what it is now. We're just gonna look forward to whatever the future Halo game is. Uh, yeah. Anyways, back to this uh, real quick. I think Microsoft is just kind of thrash. It's like just throwing whatever and just seeing what sticking what sticks. So if they can drag PlayStation like publicly and make PlayStation like regret or like you know make them look kind of foolish for a minute, it's like it's worth it to them, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. I can imagine they're probably in talks in the background too. Like there's probably a lot of the court stuff like kind of gets settled outside of court. So I have to imagine they're probably like in some kind of communication, even if we don't know of it publicly. I imagine they're probably talking in the background in the back, in the scenes or something. Yeah. The other part of this that concerns me is if Microsoft doesn't get this, what other studios are they going to buy that are more like, okay. Okay. That was too big. Let's try something smaller kind of thing. Right. Yeah. But studios that are more in line with, with Sony's type of uh, video games. For me, I, I don't think uh, like Remedy, right? Remedy makes controls and make Alan Wake. I don't mm-hmm. think they've been acquired by anybody else. Or maybe they they're they had go for uh, what's that other big company that acquires like as big as Tencent? Embracer. Embracer. Maybe Remedy is under them. But I think Remedy is under Embracer. Isn't it? no, it could be wrong. I forgot who owns Remedy. I'm looking it up because now now you got me got me doubting myself, Johnny. Yeah. Remedy Games. There you go. Remedy Games. Hold on. Who? Oh, okay. I'll look right here. I think it's right here. Remedy. Products. Revenue. No. Okay. That's it right there. Or maybe they're not owned by anybody right now. I thought they were. But it doesn't look like they're owned by anybody. I don't see anything under like parent company or anything. Yeah, okay. So that's the studio I'm concerned about Microsoft picking up. Well, they do have like like close ties with Microsoft. Like, didn't they also do that one quantum game? Uh what was it called? Quantum Break? Yeah, didn't they do that with them too? Yeah, yeah Quantum Break, yeah. Yeah. They just did a collaboration with the another multiple. So that would make sense if they did do something, if they did it buying the, buy them or something. But I want Sony to buy them if they're going to be bought. Because that doesn't make as much sense, though. There's not like a history there, really, in my opinion. I'm talking about the style of game that they make. Oh, because Alan Wake was also 360 uh, yeah. exclusive. So I'm pretty sure they're like very buddy-buddy right there. All right, uh, let's move on because I feel like we're losing focus on this story here. Yeah. Okay, next one, Johnny. This one comes from Game Rant, written by Mark Kiever. So, Skull and Bones pre-orders are being auto-refunded. Some users are being auto-refunded for Skull and Bones, the upcoming pirate-themed adventure game from Ubisoft. The game was first announced in 2017 and was initially envisioned as a multiplayer game based on the naval warfare mechanics of Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag and has evolved since then into a title that has drawn comparison to Sea of Thieves. Skull and Bones has been repeatedly delayed, I think this is like the seventh time, honestly, most recently being pushed back from its March 9th, 2023 release date to an unspecified date in April 2023. March 2024 fiscal year, so somewhere between April and March of next year. 
The latest delays marks the sixth time. Okay, that was the seventh. The sixth time the game has been delayed, thanks to seemingly constant shifts in direction and scope. The latest Skull and Bones delay also saw Ubisoft canceling three unannounced games, while reassuring fans that Assassin's Creed Mirage and Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora were still in development, alongside another unannounced title. Some players have reported that their pre-orders for Skull and Bones have been automatically refunded by the PlayStation Store while it is no longer available to pre-order on Sony's storefront. Players can still wishlist the game. Players who have pre-purchased Skull and Bones on other platforms have not been affected at this time, although the game was delisted from Steam some time ago. It is apparent that 2023 is a make-or-break year for Ubisoft, with the company's financial woes being well-documented. Skull and Bones being automatically refunded is a worrying development on the face of it. It's only natural that the players who were looking forward to playing Skull and Bones in March of this year are starting to feel anxious about whether or not the game will still, will still see the light of day, especially after repeated delays. When games are delayed, players will often comfort themselves by saying a delayed game is eventually good. <laughs> That's true. We do say that. Regardless, one can only hope that the latest delay gives Ubisoft time to polish Skull and Bones and delight fans when it eventually releases. While it may seem alarming that Skull and Bones pre-orders are being refunded on Sony's platform, it is unlikely that it spells more bad news for the game. Most likely, the refund was initiated as a result of the game's release being changed to an undefined date. After all, it has been scarcely scarcely two weeks since Ubisoft announced the latest delay in the face of a dire financial situation that prompted Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot to make some regrettable comments. One can only hope that Ubisoft is making the necessary decisions to right the ship and sail through the unfortunate storm the company has found itself in i like the little like metaphors at the end with the you know c you know c terms and stuff ship sale you know anyways johnny now i know you're probably you're this isn't your kind of game i know you're not excited for this you're not really an ubisoft guy in any sense of the word of the term but what do you think about a, a game that's been delayed six times uh announced six years ago and it's kind of just like, mm, like, why are they being so persistent with keeping this game alive? Well, maybe I missed it in the article, but they delayed this game, but they also canceled, canceled two or three two unannounced, unannounced games. Two unannounced games, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, what else do they have in the in the pipeline? Oh, um, there's, they talk about the Assassin's Creed games are coming now. There's yeah, that, yeah. That's a, there's that Avatar game. Um, remember they're also doing a Star Wars game too. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be doing a Star Wars game that's uh being done by the team that does like the Ghost Recon games, I think. And uh, I I don't know something with rabbits, Mario and Rabbit. They just put out a Mario's and Rabbits game, uh, Spark of Hope. That was like the last game they just put out. And then did you see the comments that Eve's made about like how like. It's now up to the studio, up to the developers themselves to kind of like turn the financial situation around. Like he's he like he's like passing on blame to like everybody else except for himself for like. It's up to the studios. Yeah. Who said that? Uh, okay, okay. I clicked on the article that links to it. it says Ubisoft CEO CEO apologizes for ball is in your court comment. Um, let me see if I can find it exactly. I want to skim it real quick because I want to read the entire thing. But he like said something along the lines of like. Uh, here he goes. This is a few days ago. Eves Gamo, the CEO of Ubisoft, wrote an email to the staff asserting that it was up to them to make sure the company's games are released on time. He implored them to give their all 
if the organization is to return to its prior prosperity. Guillermo's comments that the ball is in their court instantly backfired. As a result, Solidaire's Informatique, a French trade union, contacted Ubisoft Paris employees and asked them to hold a half-day strike on January 27th. Now it's reported that Eves Gamo has apologized for his comments in a company-wide Q&A session. So, but it sounds like he's not he's not really keeping a close eye or like he's not actively involved in any of like the major like development decisions for the studios. Okay. And so he kind of put it like, hey, guys, like it's up to you to, you know, make this, you know, like we're losing money. So he's not managing them directly or at all? It doesn't seem like he has any, like he's kind of just kicking back. So what's up with the timelines? Like, because it's been delayed seven times, right? Six times now, six times. So the studio is saying... But also like, they ke- they keep canceling. Other, they, they, this isn't the first time they've canceled games in recent years. Like they've canceled like three other games, like, I think like two years ago or something. I'm trying to figure out whether the comment is inappropriate because, I mean, they get paid to do this shit, right? Sure. So it's like the studio is telling the higher-ups, like, it'll be done by this date. Mm-hmm. And the higher-ups are telling them, like, no, that's not good enough. You're going to need to push it forward. I mean, there's some... But he's not, like, an active participant in, like, what's going on. It seems like he kind of just, like, like, I don't know. Like, I pay you guys to figure this out kind of thing. So they're upset that they don't have better management. I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. There's, like, missing detail there. Missing context. Maybe I mean it's they from it's gonna... from an email he sent to all the employers to the employees. So like I, we don't have we don't have the email right here. I don't know. I can't read what it says. I mean, are thing. they getting fired? Are they getting paid? No, they're not getting fired. I don't think so. No, I mean a lot of places are losing employees, but I don't think Ubisoft is started losing employees. And there was also the comment about some strike, right? The one of the French tra- um, labor union or something. I forgot what the term. Let me go back to the article because I already moved on from it. Uh, well, it's cool. Something about some French trade, not trade union. I'm thinking of Star Wars. These are the term trade union. Um, oh no, yeah, French trade union. Yeah, the Solidaire Informatique. Yeah, contacted Ubisoft Paris employees and asked them to hold a half day strike on the 27th, which is like four days from now. And it says, now it's been reported that Yves Guillemot has apologized for his comments in a company wide Q and A session, which we can't see. So, yeah, a lot of missing context. I wonder Anyways, if they were pushed, you know, if they were asked to push the schedule, and if that's why they're really pissed off about his comments. Because I'd understand if if they said, "Hey, you fuckers, yeah, you're paying us, but you're you have like unmeetable, you know, uh, time frames." Yeah, I have no idea, like if he even shows up for meetings or whatever. Like, I don't. A lot of it's just assumption. We don't really know. Yeah. So. Well, it's about it's about really how do you feel as a gamer about this game being delayed? Because you were looking for, forward. To I was this. looking forward to this. I really don't care anymore. It's just kinda, oh wow, yeah, I just don't care anymore. Like there was a period of time from like 2017 to like probably 2019. Where I, I recall like, that. I recall you were like very I'm like oh, like, this is gonna be cool. Like I love like naval stuff with like ships and pi- anything pirate related. I'm down for, but. It just like delays are not a good sign, and like I know, like like they even make fun of that joke of the of the the term the phrase right that a delayed game becomes good or whatever. But that's only true up to a certain point, because <laughs> eventually, like if you read the tea leaves and like it sounds like this game's like instead of it being polished, like it's like sputtering to get to like the finish line. Yeah, last I heard about the development of the game is they were saying that, I mean, the mechanics of the game, the actual like boat mechanics because people yeah people not fun previewed yeah 
they were saying they just weren't there. Yeah. So maybe they should. I mean, this should be just when they just kind of cut loose. Now there is. Um, I forgot where I read. I hate this happens to me. I need to be better prepared. But I was reading something about how Skull and Bones has to be released because it was partially funded by um, I forget which government. Um, Skull and Bones. I think it's Singapore because Ubisoft has a Singapore. Uh, studio and i think they it's like one of those things where like you have to come get it out or else like i think you get sued because basically you wasted the government's money or something like that uh i could be wrong but i want to put some keywords here and see so they gotta recoup whatever it is they can i believe so um okay so this was a okay so this is an article from two years ago this is from two years ago, but it is relevant. It says, uh, this is from The Gamer. It says, Ubisoft is still making Skull and Bones because a deal with the Singapore government won't let it die. So this is from two years ago. Uh, it says, according to a report by Kotaku, a deal with the Singaporean government is helping to keep Ubisoft's ambitious pirate game, Skull and Bones, afloat. The game was initially planned as an expansion to Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag back in 2013, but since then has been in design hell due to a classic case of mismanagement for eight years, according to one former developer. So even two years ago, Johnny, they knew there was mismanagement mm-hmm. from this former developer who doesn't work there anymore. So yeah, so this game does have to be made. It does have to be released in order to recoup the investment from the government. And I guess if they don't do that or if they like shut it down, then I imagine there is some kind of legal issue there. A financially legal issue there. So so I guess that's the reason I remember why they can't like shut it down or can't like scrap it. Like it it's like a homework assignment, you gotta turn it in. Even if it's late, you gotta turn it in, kind of thing. You can't just give up on it. So, so any, any all, anything else on that? All you really have uh to look forward to is really Assassin's Creed, right? Yeah. Man, whatever that Star Wars game ends up being years from now, probably. I got more hopes for that. Yeah, me too. But those are the only two that I really have any, anything anything Ubisoft related to care about. So, okay. Let us mosey on to the next article, Johnny. This one comes from Eurogamer, written by Tom Phillips. It says Suicide Squad will have a battle pass limited to cosmetics. All right. It says leak Suicide Squad Kill Just League image, which showed the game's main menu, including mention of its cosmetic battle pass, has now been scrubbed from Twitter due to a copyright claim. So there was a picture of this leaked mm-hmm. battle pass picture, I saw it. and it's just been removed. So it says this move all but cements the leaked screenshot as accurate of what players will see when Suicide Squad arrives in May. Why do they always do that where they try to get rid of something and like that? You just further legitimize the thing when you try to get rid of it, you know? Yeah. Alright, it says Suicide Squad Kill Justice League, the next game from Batman Arkham developer Rocksteady, will include a battle pass system focused on cosmetic items, it's been claimed. A leaked image apparently showing the game's main menu appeared online last night, spread via Twitter and Reddit, and has now been verified as real and recent by VGC, apparently taken from a PlayStation test build. The screenshot includes a menu with a battle pass section above a squad loadout showing four characters, all of whom have leveling options. The image and today's report on it is the first we've heard of Suicide Squad having a battle pass component, even if it is limited to just cosmetics. The extent to which Suicide Squad you can't say that right. The extent to which Suicide Squad will be treated as a live service game has been hotly debated amongst fans to date. Following the failure of other multiplayer 
games-as-a-service titles in Rocksteady's previous history, making the acclaimed single-player Arkham series. Eurogamer has contacted publisher Warner Brothers for comment. Suicide Squad features Harley Quinn, Captain Boomerang, Deadshot, and King Shark as anti-heroes on a mission to eliminate Justice League members brainwashed by Brainiac. Johnny, we kind of had a similar discussion about this, if you remember back about Callisto Protocol, about about two months, no, like a month ago, actually, where we're starting to see this trend because video games are so expensive to make, because the kind of what they make, in the time that goes into them, the development costs have kind of like not exactly scaled with the amount of money that goes into them, really. We're now starting to see, um, there's an economic term for this, uh, elasticity, which refers to the amount of profit made from something in comparison to the amount of money that goes into making the thing. I believe I could be using the term wrong, but I think that's what it means. So we're starting to see this with a lot of single player games where like, okay, there's no multiplayer or any like multiplayer online. Like how can you still like make money from the game? And I played, um, it was just close to protocol, but I recently played midnight suns, Marvel's midnight suns, which does feature a uh, cosmetic DLC that you can pay for. And there's no there's no multiplayer component at all. It's just all single player. But like the best suits, the best costumes are locked behind DLC, so it kind of sucks. Like like Spider Man has a massive amount of costumes that are just there's like five and they're not that great. Five that come on the game, and then like all the best ones, like the symbiote and the Iron Spider and all the cool ones are like locked behind DLC. And I mean, we know like you. Especially now, like, studios have to do so many things to, like, you have your cross-promotions, you gotta, there's so many ways to get, like, your diverse, we call it, like, your um, income streams, right? Whether it's not, it's not enough to just sell a game now, like, now you have to make sure that game is a success, and then your plan B has to be some kind of DLC in the pipeline, or some kind of other income revenue stream, right? So games are very expensive to make. I can imagine, you know, this one being Warner Brothers in DC. They have to, you know, make sure Warner Brothers gets paid, DC gets paid, everybody involved gets paid. And, you know, not go in the red or just break even, sign up to just break even. Mm -hmm. So we have all these battle passes, they call them, which is a weird term. I wish they, I, I think a battle pass, I think of a multiplayer game. I feel like they should just change it to a different name. I don't, it's it's kind of silly to, to, to like talk about that, but Battle Pass to me means like, oh, like this is for like Fortnite or Call of Duty or something. Like a single player game having a Battle Pass, like just call it Cosmetic DLC. So. Why? I don't see the problem with Battle Pass. Because Battle Pass, the term battle, I think of like online multiplayer. Season Pass, that makes sense, I guess. Wait, but this is going to be online multiplayer. Is it? I'm pretty sure. Isn't this a single player only game? I'm going to look it up right now because now you got me, you got me confused. I mean that. I mean, yeah, it might not be like couch co-op, but you can probably just go online as a single player and play with other people, right? I'm looking up right now. Mm, following the failure of other multiplayer. Okay, I guess you're right. Then I guess it is multiplayer. I could have sworn this was a single player game, or at the very least, like couch co-op. No, I think it probably. To me, what it seems Cause like because like because like the article says, I, I associate Rocksteady with like single player games. Yeah, definitely. To me, what this is going to be is it's going to be similar to the Last of Us factions, where they're going to have their single player campaign, and then after that, once you're done with that, you jump into the multiplayer, and then the battle pass will give you access to like more yeah. storyline, like more Marvel's aesthetics, Avengers. 
It yeah. won't be pay to win. It'll just be you want this costume. You yeah, want it's this... only cosmetics. Yeah. So I really don't see a problem with this. Okay. I'm I'm trying to find the the issue. Uh, I feel like maybe some games do revolve around like the battle pass system, mm-hmm. and they kind of hold back. You know, the not... best stuff. Yeah, but I mean, if if you're playing a uh, like a Harry, a Harry, a heavy narrative game. How many damn costumes do you need? To me, give That's me true. five dope costumes, and I'm cool, right? Yeah. If you decide to give me more costumes on top of the five, that's totally fine with me, right? But you got to give me the baseline. Give me at least five costumes. Or give me, um, I don't know what, whatever they're selling on, on the past. Like, you get the Batmobile. Give me the black Batmobile. I'm cool with that. If you want to trick it out, Battle Pass, right? Like, I don't know what else, what else I want in the Battle Pass that I want in the, in the single-player campaign, right? Right. There's just got to be obviously like don't give me fucking two costumes like you get what i'm saying i'm sorry i'm distracted by your wall it says go with andrew collect soil in the forest what oh yeah that's for the garden what forest remember we went hiking oh yeah like if we ever go back there we should collect stuff and just put dirt in our bags like firewood some dirt yeah because we live in the desert true okay just i'm sorry that just just kind of distracted me so no, yeah, I I don't know. I guess I mean it's just the frame. It's not really so much the substance; it's just the framing of it that kind of just bothers me. It's kind of silly, I know. But I think it's, I think they're telling you exactly what it is. It's a damn battle pass. Yeah. If you start changing the names, I'm gonna get irritated because then I have to read up like, what is this system? What is this one? What is that one? Yeah. And the battle pass will vary, but I think it it'll just vary on the type of aesthetics, on the type of like, uh, what do you call them? Aesthetics. cosmetics cosmetics on the type oh. of cosmetics that they sell like fortnite you got your little dress or whatever you got your you got, axe, you got your backpack bling your bling <laughs> and then you got your glider it's like imagine superman ha- or like harley quinn has like a different hammer or something like different hammers or something that's probably the equivalent yeah exactly and deadshot has different guns they all do the same thing but it's just different looks so yeah like or they might give you different guns mm, that wouldn't be cosmetic though anymore then it would actually matter no, I don't think they'll change the stats, though. They'll oh, just say, okay. like, hey, this score mm. is this... Uh, AK or whatever. Yeah, this score is similar to the AK, is similar to the to the 15. What the hell am I saying? AR-15. Um, AR-15. But they all pretty much do the same thing. Exact same thing. Know? Okay. Except they might sound a little different. And they just look different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was, it was worth talking about because we're starting to see this trend with single player games where, okay, again, you said Suicide Squad's not. I keep thinking of single player because of Rocksteady. But we're still seeing this trend where, like, everything has to serve, live on as, like, a live service kind of game. And it's just, like, it's not sustainable. But you don't have to buy it. True. Like, you don't True. have to buy it. Like, a lot of these games, I think uh, Last of the Factions is going to be free. What the fuck? It's a it's a Last of Us game. Do you think factions free? will be one of the ones that survives past a year or no? Yeah. You think it has staying power? Definitely. Along the likes of Warzone and Fortnite and Genshin Impact and all those other like Destiny and well, yeah. Really? I think if they okay. survive, factions will absolutely survive. Pun intended, survive. I like that. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right let's keep going let's just keep going then uh here's our last story of the evening 
This one comes from Polygon. Every time I hear Polygon, I think of um. Do you remember in Smash Brothers where you could find like in the campaign you had to fight like thirty of these like purple Polygon enemies, and it's like Kirby versus fighting oh, yeah, Polygon yeah. team or whatever. Yeah. Every time I think of Polygons, I think of those guys from Smash Brothers. Anyways, uh, written by Michael McWhorter. Hope I said that right. Marvel's Avengers development is ending. Crystal Dynamics confirms. It's the end game for Marvel's Avengers. I love that. The 2020 video game developed by Crystal Dynamics and publisher published by Square Enix won't get any new content or features after March 31st. When the game's final update, version 2.8, is released, all official support for Marvel's Avengers and digital purchases of the game will come to an end on September 30th, 2023. So that means you can't even buy the game digitally after September, Johnny. Crystal Dynamics announced Friday. November's update 2.7, which added the Winter Soldier to the roster of playable heroes and the Cloning Lab Omega level threat, is the final new content to be added to the game, Crystal Dynamics said. There will be no new cosmetics added to the game's marketplace, and all final balance updates will occur with update 2.8 in March. Crystal Dynamics said that the game's single-player and multiplayer content will remain playable indefinitely, even after official support ends in September. However... After September 30th, 2023, we can't guarantee that we will be able to address issues that occur due to unforeseen circumstances, the studio cautioned. The developer also said that starting March 31st, all of the game's marketplace challenge card and shipment cosmetic content will be available, will be made available to all players for free. That includes every single outfit, takedown, emote, and nameplate. Ending support for Marvel's Avengers, Crystal Dynamics said, was a decision made in conjunction with our partners, according to an FAQ the developer posted Friday. Marvel's Avengers was released on Google Stadia, PS4, Windows PC, and Xbox One in September 2020 to generally lukewarm reception. It was later upgraded to support PS5 and Xbox Series X after those consoles launched. Publisher Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics delivered a handful of new heroes to the game over time, adding Black Panther, Jane Foster's Mighty Thor, Kate Bishop, and Spider-Man to the base roster, which included Hulk, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, Miss Marvel, and Black Widow. Spider-Man, a PlayStation exclusive hero, will remain exclusive to the PlayStation versions of the game, Crystal Dynamics confirmed on Friday. Square Enix sold off Crystal Dynamics to the Embracer Group in May 2022, putting the future of Marvel's Avengers, which already struggled with delays, angry players, and compelling new content, further into doubt. Now it appears that the cool reception to Marvel's Avengers and Crystal Dynamics diverting focus to a different project, a brand new Tomb Raider game to be published by Amazon, has sealed the superhero game's fate. Johnny, I bought Marvel's Avengers at launch, actually, at launch, full price. And it's okay. It's an okay game. Uh, The campaign was cool. You play as Miss Marvel and like... You got to put the Avengers back together. You got to reunite them to take on a threat and stuff. And it's got MODOK and like other stuff with like the Terrigen Mist and a bunch of like Marvel Easter eggs and stuff like that. But the post game, everything after the campaign was just so barren and boring and empty. And it just wasn't good. It was was very, eh, yeah, it was grindy for sure. It was grindy, but like, for the longest time, for like the first five or six months, like the post game content was just like doing the same like raid thing over and over again, mm-hmm. with very little like 
you know, ver- uh, we call it variety. And it was just kind of not a dead game, but like there wasn't much to do. It was kind of boring. And of course, they did add more stuff. Like they had Spider Man. They did that black little whole. They did like a, they added a whole Wakanda like line like storyline. But that was like months and months later when I had already moved on from that game. So I have never. I haven't gone back since completing the game back in. 2020 i think like in december of 2020 so almost like two years plus and it just people review were kind of like i said like they were lukewarm on it they reviewed kind of just like whatever it there was really no compelling reason to buy the game unless you're like a hard hardcore marvel fan like there wasn't that much content there for what you paid for uh something funny on spider-man there were three games that had spider-man in it oh uh, you're talking about fortnite huh yeah <laughs> there was the actual Spider-Man game, which the, the combat Insomniac one, Insomniac yeah. that game is fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then we had the uh, Avengers game with Spider-Man in it, uh-huh. and we also had Spider-Man and and Fortnite. Uh-huh. They were saying Fortnite, and I can attest to this: the Fortnite Spider-Man was far superior to the Avengers Spider-Man, the game that you purchased. Yeah. Oh man, the Fortnite yeah, he swung, he swung so better. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, you could swing around, jump into the sky. The grappling points are great. Mm-hmm. I didn't play Avengers Spider-Man, but I saw the comparisons, and they weren't looking great. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that turned out. Um, I think it's cool, though, that if you want to, you can still play the game, even mm-hmm. after they're done with it in March. You won't be able to buy it digitally starting September. So, I mean, it's like, if you want to play, you have to get the physical copy of the game. I think that's kind of interesting. I have the physical copy of the game, so... I could keep playing it if I ever wanted to. I'm kind of bummed because, like, they were supposed to add, um, they're supposed to add a Mockingbird, and I forgot who else. Was it Ghost? No, it wasn't Ghost Rider. It was Mockingbird. I think it was Punisher, maybe. I forgot, but for sure they were supposed to add Mockingbird, who is like a a minor Marvel character who I really really like though. She's kind of like a, she's like almost like another kind of Hawkeye character, but. Instead of using bows, she has like baton. She's kind of like a night. She's kind of like the Marvel version of Nightwing. That's a better comparison. Okay. So she's got like the baton, like the tonfas, like the staffs, and like she does stuff. And she's real. She's character like design wise, like her outfits are always really cool. So I was kind of bummed. I said I would go back to the game once they added her, and like I guess they're never gonna add her now. So that kind of actually. Sucks. Let me ask you right now. What do you rate the game? It's like a six. Okay. It's like a. It's like a yeah, it's like about a mid six. How much would you pay for it now? Ten bucks. Wow. Okay. Ten bucks. I think you can probably find it for that online. I think. Okay. On Amazon or something. It's like a six. I think like six out of ten. It's not that great. It doesn't do anything bad. It's just not. It's just not notable in any way. It's just kind of bland. So. Anyways, moving on, Johnny. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's all our stories. That's all our articles for this week Johnny you got anything else you want to slap on us well I'm not sure what you want to do first we have Xbox trivia for you oh let's go to that let's go to that you want to go okay yeah let's start with that that sounds fun alright cool and then we'll talk about what we've been playing I think this will be fun because I it's been a while since I've gone through Xbox stuff alright you got about four questions let's start with the first Xbox, when it launched, there was a wrestler that helped launch the console. The Rock. S-E-E-S. Your options are Triple H, Mankind, The Rock, The Big Show, 
or Stone Cold? The Rock. You are correct. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the image multiple times. He's right. saying next to uh, Bill Gates, and yeah. Okay. People <laughs> said it was cringy, but I don't know. I didn't get to see that that portion. I I, I never saw the video, but I've seen the picture several times. So, yeah. All right. Let's see. <laughs> Harbinger. Harbinger is an antagonist for which two games? I'm gonna give you five options. Okay. All right. Uh, four options actually. So Gears of War, Killer Instinct, Mass Effect, or Halo. Damn. You gotta get two of these. What do you mean two of these? Ed Harbinger goes to two of these games. Oh, in two of them. Yeah. Not just one of them. You have four options. But oh, it's an antagonist for two games. All of those seem equally likely. Well, Killer Instinct less so. I don't think it's Killer Instinct. Okay. Uh, Harbinger. So Harbinger is someone who brings like uh, they're carrying like I think it's usually like a bad news or something. So okay, we have Mass Effect, Gears of War. He said, or no? You have Gears of War. Okay, Gears of War, Mass Effect, and Halo then. And Killer Instinct. Nah, I don't think it's Clear Instinct. I could be wrong. I just don't see it being Clear Instinct. Okay. Because I'm trying to think. That's not a character in the Super Nintendo game. Could it be added later? Maybe it's possible. Harbinger has a Halo-y sound to it, so I'm going to lock in Halo. All right. I don't think Mass Effect has that because Mass Effect has the Geth and it has the Reapers and it has um. I think those are the two main ones. Protheans or whatever, those aren't bad guys, but they're like the other major alien species or whatever. So I don't think it's Mass Effect. So I'm going to lock in... Gears of War sounds like that would be a thing, so I'm going to lock in Halo and Gears of War. <laughs> okay, you got Halo correct. Okay. Gears of War is incorrect. Wow. Harbinger is actually in Mass Effect. Oh! They are... Like you said, the the Reapers, because uh-huh. you have um, uh, you have the Reapers at the very end, right? In the middle, you have the Collectors. Collectors. That's the other one thing. Yeah, Collectors. And yeah. then in the beginning, you have uh, Saren, who is which is one of the aliens. That yeah, he's like, like he's like Garrus case. Yeah, his yeah. race. He's uh, one of the the part the crew that you're a part of. Whatever. Yeah, there could be a screw up here. I doubt it. But Harbinger is supposed to be the main antagonist of Mass Effect, which are the reapers no the reapers are like the colony coming through it, it's fitting that is fitting because that's what a harbinger is supposed to be someone who like travels and, yeah exactly but I, I really i'm like i don't remember hearing that name in the first two games maybe i just i just have bad memory all right i should have phoned i should have phoned miko miko had just played the recent all of all the mass effect games he would have known i like I, I knew i was right about the halo I'm like that sounds halo e that's weird that they would have that for both of those like xbox games though well, Mass Effect's not Xbox anymore, but yeah. Well, yeah. it was Bioware. Bioware, right. yeah. Okay. Damn. Okay. Did so, I get half a point then, or how's that work? I mean, you lost. You're supposed to get two. But I got one. That should count for something. Uh, okay. All right. Half a half, half a point. point. All right. So your next question is, what is the AI character for Halo? You got Siri, <laughs> Handsome Jack, Legion. Cortana and Skynet. I know it's Cortana. All right. Although, that. how funny would it be if it really was Handsome Jack? Like, just a pompous douchebag as, like, your little, like, AI thing? Yeah. That would be awesome. 
But no, I know Cortana because of the Xbox, because of the Microsoft phones, but also because I I have Windows on my on my laptop right here, and every now and then I see like a little Cortana name pop up. So okay, you have uh, two more questions. <coughs> Saving the best for last, but uh, okay, you have two more questions. Saving the best for last, but this one is two questions in in one. All right. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna give you a, a a track. You have to guess the track. I've been wanting to do to this. I've been wanting to do this a, a musical version of name that game for a while. So I'm glad you're doing this. Um, I was gonna give you two tracks, so you're gonna have to guess two tracks for for two for the games. But I liked myself out of YouTube, so I'm just gonna give you one track. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you already have it? I have it ready. It's a remix, but you'll enjoy it. So I'm going to give you our options first. Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, Donkey Kong Country, 007 GoldenEye, and Killer Instinct. Oh, man. Okay. This it's is it's in not my, hard. Trust it's me. It's in my favor. Okay. Unless it's from Perfect Dark, in which I don't know anything about Perfect Dark. Are you ready? Go. Do you want me to fast forward? Is, there, is it slow at the beginning? Oh, Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, correct. Aquatic Ambience. Yeah, Aquatic Ambience, you are correct. Uh, let me turn that off. It's all like sexy music. Good da, 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 da. So, the answers are the same, but you gotta guess two antagonists, right? So, what antagonist belongs to one of these the same games? Banjo-Kazooie, Perfect Dark, Donkey Kong Country, 007, GoldenEye, and Killer Instinct. The antagonist is going to be uh, King K. Rule. <sighs> Donkey Kong. Correct. <laughs> the next antagonist is going to be Gargos. Gargos? Yeah. Oh, how's it spelled? G A R G O S. Wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's not Donkey Kong. I don't think there's a guard ghost in Banjo Kazooie. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Or the other three? Perfect Dark, right? Perfect Dark, Golden Eye, and Killer Instinct. Oh, uh, 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 Killer Instinct. Wow. How'd you get that? Cause I, I now that I put the two, I remember this is the two-headed boss at the end of the Super Nintendo game. Oh shit, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I I could have chosen a different one. Bar Car Ghost could have gone for Banjo, Killer Instinct, Donkey Kong, and Perfect Dark is a little bit more obscure. So I was like, he might for. He no, might yeah, I remember Gar Ghost from the Super Nintendo. He's like the you can't play as him. You can only fight him at the very end of the game. Yep. Okay. Good shit there. Yeah. Now this is your last question, right? Oh, now. I thought that was okay. I thought that was the last one. All right. All right. What was? There's a lot of answers to this, but I'll, I'm just gonna give you three. Okay. What was the original Xbox's code name? Oh shoot. So. Okay. You have X Live, Extreme, Direct X, or X. 11x hmm. again x live extreme direct x 
or 11x? I don't know for sure, but like something's pulling me towards extreme. You have a lifeline. Do you want to get rid of something? What's my lifeline? You can get rid of... Use the lifeline. Okay. We're getting rid of 11x. That's it? It's, yeah. So your options now are X Live, Extreme, and DirectX. Extreme. Final answer. Extreme is yeah. the codename? Yeah. Cor- incorrect. <sighs> uh, X Live and Extreme were names that I made up. It was DirectX. Mm. I was thinking DirectX, but I felt like that sounded like too much like a Nintendo Direct. I'm like, no, that can't be. I thought that was like when you made up because of the Direct part. Really? DirectX was the codename? Yeah, it was the Rex X, and I think there were four engineers debating, like, this should be the name. And somebody in there decided, like, okay, I want to use Xbox. And then they put it into the, uh, into the like, the, you know how they give it to the study groups to see, like, how yeah, people marketing. respond to it? Uh-huh. And they put in Xbox to show, like, nobody's going to like this shit. Yeah. And then everybody chose Xbox as a name that really? they preferred. I think you couldn't get away with doing Xbox now, I think. So I'm going to give you the rest of the... Uh, I might be missing one, but the codenames, because they had several codenames. Uh, DirectX, another one was Mind, Microsoft Interactive Network Device. Ooh. That's a pretty cool name, Mind. Uh, MGT, Microsoft Total I've heard Gaming. of that one. Yeah, heard I've of heard that? of that one, yeah. Okay. 11X was going to be spelled out as 11 and then an X. I think that's a pretty cool name, but it was just uh, random. Yeah. They were like, where did this shit come What's from? What's 11? Yeah, I was trying to, When you said 11X, I was like, what is a connection? I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. And this is this is my favorite. Uh, Midway. That's a weird one. Because I think of the company behind Mortal Kombat, Midway. The arcade company. It has like an undertone message. And it just sounds like... That doesn't sound very like futuristic. Like You're only meeting me halfway, like Midway. Like That's not like a... You know, it doesn't sound advanced. It sounds like a half-assed attempt midway. Like, ah, we'll meet you midway. So why I thought this was cool is because it's the Battle of Midway. And the Battle of Midway was the Battle for the Pacific. Yeah, which was 1942. Uh I think it was six months after Pearl Harbor. Yeah, that's right. And the thing is, it's a battle... It was, it's the turning point. It's the turning point for uh, the U.S. Exactly. So it was because we were US, losing up until that point. Yeah. It was the U.S. versus Japan. Yeah. Japan has Sony. You know. Oh. Competing with them. Oh. That's pretty neat, huh? Is that the official reason? That's what I read when really? I got all the, all the codes. That's a that's, cool one. I like that. That's a dope code. That makes it way cooler than just like just going off the, just hearing the name. Yeah. The Battle of Midway. Oh, I love that. That's cool. That was fun. Appreciate that, Johnny. That was good. All right. Uh, so we got. What have you been playing? What have you been watching? Uh, so since last Thursday, I've been playing Fire Emblem Engage, which is like the newest like big Nintendo game. Um, it's basically XCOM but with fantasy setting. So like, uh, it's you. It's a strategy RPG, but it's like a tactics game. So like, you have your units, you deploy them on the field, you move around the map. Uh, you can have permadeath. Permadeath is like the classic mode. I put it casual because I hate permadeath. Cause I just, I if I did if I played it the way the game wanted me to with on on like classic, which is permadeath, I would just end up resetting the map over and over at that point, and mm-hmm. I hate doing that because I hate losing characters permanently. So I, I have no qualms about playing it on uh, on casual. But then aside from that, you have like the difficulty options of how difficult the battles are. I have it on normal, which is traditionally what I do. Is normal is like my what I imagine the developers want you to kind of play it on. 
So playing on normal. It's I think normal's a little bit too easy now because I've been playing it for I'm about ten chapters in, which is roughly about thirteen hours in. Yeah. And I feel like normal might be a little too easy, but I it's too late to I don't want to start the game over. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm gonna continue playing on normal. Uh, it has like a uh, there's a sort of a rock paper scissors kind of combat thing where like units are either have a axe unit a lance or like a spear unit and a sword unit and so like a sword beats axes axes beat spears and spears beat swords so like you have to use and you only have a certain amount of units of each one so you have to like plan like okay well there's more axes on that side of the map i want to send my sword guys over there or vice versa like oh they have spears so i should send my axe guys over there but then there's like a separate tree also where there's like your magic your mage character magic is like strong against bow and arrow and then bow and arrow is also strong against magic so like if those two units come together like it's going to be like whoever gets the first hit in pretty much has the advantage so it's like there's like a rock paper scissors kind of thing but you can still win and be at a disadvantage like axe can still beat sword if like sword is just like really bad like you just got beat up too much you've been in too many fights and you're just not like at your best or whatever and there's like mechanics where you can use magic to power up your units by basically you summon characters from past fire emblem games and they come and like they combine with your character and give you like a new like skill set like power like like different abilities okay it's pretty cool. I'm really enjoying it. I've never played a Fire Emblem game before in my life. I, it's just never been a series I've been really into. And you might m- remember some Fire Emblem characters from Smash Brothers, like Ike, uh, Marth, Roy. I remember Ike. Ike's the guy with the Greg Ether, the one with the sword and the headband, like the. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of Smash. There's a lot. There's Crom. There's a lot of Smash characters that are from Fire Emblem. So I'm like, this is the newest one. Maybe this will be the the perfect point for me to jump into the franchise. And so, and I'm a sucker for like strategy RPGs. And I know you like XCOM like that. It's basically XCOM if XCOM was like medieval fantasy instead of being sci-fi aliens. Which I know that does a lot of the heavy lifting for you. You like your science. Heavy sci-fi, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, But like in between matches, like after a map is over, you can walk around in the map. So like after the battle is over... The, the the battlefield you play on becomes a, like an actual like place where you can like walk around and talk to people and stuff. Okay. So if you have a fight like in a town, like you say you have a fight in a town, after the match is over, you can walk around and talk to the people about like what happened during the fight and like they'll add like more lore or they'll give you rewards like oh you protected my house during that battle like here's some gold or here's some items. So there is like in, like there's like little like during it's not just enough to just fight the enemies. Sometimes there's like optional side objectives where like don't allow this house to be destroyed during the battle or protect this civilian or whatever. And then afterwards, if you manage to do that, you'll get rewarded for doing that. So there is moments where like I could end this easily right now, but I really want to go out of my way to like, you know, get the post match rewards or whatever. So there's like cool incentives. It's not just straight up just like just win. Right. There's like side objectives and like they'll give you sometimes they'll give you like weapons you wouldn't normally have. Cause you can like swap out your weapons for your units and you get like better like gear and stuff. So the only thing, my only complaint is that the story is very, very simple. It's very tropey. Like your character starts off as like, Oh, you're the hero of legend and you've been asleep for like a thousand years. And everybody, everybody in this game reveres you as like the chosen one. And it's kind of just like, Oh, like I forgot like the kind of stuff that comes with like fantasy settings is you get like fantasy setting stories, which are very just like, every trope you can think of you're the prince you're the god you're the 
here to banish the bad guy who put you to sleep. It's like very Zelda-ish. There's like no redemption arc. Not but, as far as I can tell. No, like you, you start off as like the perfect person. You are you're like perfectly humble. You're perfectly everything. Like there is no, I, as far as I can tell, like your character is probably going to be exactly the same by the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Now the characters around you, some of them are a little more complicated. Like uh, there's like a, someone, there's a girl who's like a thief, but she gets like redeemed like right in the first hour you meet her. So like there's not that much development. I'm you pretty much play these games for like the combat and the gameplay. Most people. I know who are veterans of the series say like, Oh, like this is the best combat we've had. Like since like the GameCube days, but they all say, Oh, but the story and the character is way too simple compared to like the most recent games, which are more like complicated. So I'm enjoying it. Uh, for sure. I'm going to finish it. Cause it's not that long. I, I think it's like, like less than 20 hours and I'm about 13 hours in. So it's not that long of a game. Um, but yeah, fire emblem, I've been pretty much just playing that since Thursday today's monday i'll probably have it done by the end of the week maybe mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's pretty much the only game i've been playing since we last like recorded so okay what about you johnny all right so last time on the pod i said i was gonna play manhunt i changed my mind i i played a little bit manhunt maybe five minutes the uh, ps2 game manhunt no it's the uh... is it called manhunt Hunt Down. Oh, Hunt Down. Hunt Down. Okay, Manhunt's it's like a Rockstar site. game from like PS2 era. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a great game, dude. Yeah. That actually needs a remake. Sure. You don't believe that game needs a remake? No, like, sure. Like, yeah, yeah. That game was amazing, dude. How's Hunt, da- Hunt Down? Hunt Down. It's that cyberpunk game I was talking about. It's kind of the high-res pixel art. Uh, the art looks great. The shooting mechanics are fine. Um, not, much of, not much story. I just got to the first boss. I felt like there was a lack of... of enemies right okay um but it's just like the first level so it's it's not a gripe and i I didn't spend enough time with it really but i really wanted to play alan wake so alan wake is is pretty neat uh the story you know no spoilers or anything but i'm still trying to figure out i think i'm halfway through and i'm trying to figure out something to do with like a novelist right yeah i'm trying to figure out what where these enemies came from, these entities. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's there's things happening with your family. You're in this little town, and all these like weird things pop up. And since he's a novelist, he's a writer. As you progress through the game, he's just narrating himself. You know, he's like telling you what's what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. I had to go here. I had to go there. Like he's but thinking out loud, kind exactly. of exactly. Okay, so yeah, that's kind of fun. It's cool. I, it's a it's a remaster. But it's not like I want to say it's like high end, right? right. I want to say it's a like three sixty game. Yeah, it's it's pretty old, and they don't go too far out of the way to make it look amazing. But it's definitely serviceable. It, it just looks fine. It looks okay. Yeah. So the combat, uh, the mechanics are super simple. You got you got a flashlight, mm-hmm. and you got your gun, and then you got your shoddy. And I don't know what else I'm gonna end up picking up, but the way the enemy types work is. They come through and they try to stab you or whatever. And you flash. You have the flashlight and you flash it on them. And they don't like the light. And as as you as you have your light on them, you have like the circle. And the, lo- the longer you have your light on them, the circle gets smaller and smaller. And until you break that like darkness in them, that's when you can shoot them. Oh, so, okay. It reminds me of Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion has a similar mechanic. Okay. 
where instead of a flashlight, you use a vacuum cleaner and like you have to hold them on the vacuum and the vacuum like it reduces their HP, but they don't you don't capture them until you get to zero. Yeah, so I think it's pretty cool because you have a ton of enemies and you have to balance like I can't shoot them until I get the light on them, right? But the problem is your flashlight runs out of batteries. Oh, so you're you in the middle, it? huh? Yeah, just like shake it to charge it. You have to replace the battery. I think you just press oh, triangle. It's not one of those. So like your battery dies. It recharges by itself. But since you have so many enemies, you got to slide in a battery. You get your light back on. And then you can blast them with whatever after the, the cycle, the first circle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's not too many enemy types. You have like your skinny dudes and then you have your big buff dude. The big tall like... Uh, Are they just like, like weird like... They look like hazy, foggy, like outlines, like silhouettes, right? Well, they look like regular people, but yeah, they have a haze around them, uh-huh. like a dark halo, like inky, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I've met a few characters. One character that I'm actually in the game with, and I like for one, I dropped my gun, and now he has a gun, and he just gives me flares. Hmm. So I gotta point the light, and he shoots them. So it's it's kind of tough when you have an enemy coming towards you, but the enemy's like behind in, behind the rock and he can't shoot across the fucking rock, right? Oh, okay. So there's a lot of like running in circles trying to get him. So in the just right stay behind my shoulders. Tell him to be, stay behind your shoulder. <laughs> well, it doesn't pan out that way. Uh, and then you have those situations where you're like saying an elevator, right? And it takes time to get the elevator going. Right. And then you have enemies trying to enter it. And you light the flare, and the flare is very effective against, like, hordes of enemies. Sure. Um, that's it. So halfway through, still don't know what's going on with the enemies. Story is okay. Uh, I'll say I wouldn't purchase this game at, like, full price, right? I think full price is 30 bucks, maybe 40 bucks when it came out. Mm. Um, but I haven't beaten it, so I can't say exactly if it's gonna right. be like that's always hard a when you're doing when you're fifteen dollar game. It's hard. It's always hard to like say that when you're like in the progress in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the rating, it's not gonna be a ten. It's not a ten. It's not a nine. Probably won't hit an eight. Yeah, I wouldn't give Fire Emblem Engage like a ten. I think it's, I'm not gonna eight, eight, seven, seven, eight around there. Okay. Yeah. Right now I'm in between like a six or a seven. Okay. Uh. Like I said, I'm mostly playing this game because they're coming out with a part two. Right, at some point. And it's connected to the Control Control, universe. It's also connected to, um, what is it called? Uh, The other guy that was a cop, slow motion. Max Payne? Max Payne. Really? Yeah, yeah. Those aren't even like under the same companies, are they? No, I'm pretty sure it is. Remedy is not related to Rockstar? No, Rockstar bought the rights to Max Payne. But Remedy made the original Max Payne. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're right. I think you are right. I think you about that. I I haven't gone into why it's connected exactly, but I know that it's the same universe. I don't know if it's going to remain like that because Rockstar has the, the rights. Um. Yeah, you're right. That's right. I don't know how I've... Yeah, Remedy's developer, yeah. There you go. All right. Anything else that you played, or is that it? As far as stuff I played, there's that. Uh, no more Fortnite? I'm in the middle of... Well, that thing is always in the background. <laughs> You're always playing Fortnite in the background. <laughs> well, that's where, like, my online... How's your on. How's the new season treating you? Oh, that's all right. So it's kind of more of the same, just a little different. Barely. Okay. Um... 
They have a what's his name? Galadriel from Lord of the Rings? No, no, no. That's what Galadriel, she's like I mean one of the ones from Lord of the Rings. No, that show that was on Netflix and started failing because they swapped out my guy from Superman. Oh, The Witcher? Yeah, The Witcher's in it. Do you mean uh, Yennefer or... No, the guy. Oh, you said Galadriel, you said. Yeah, I don't know his name. I don't watch The Witcher. Oh, uh, Geralt. 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 Okay. There you go, Geralt. So The Witcher's in it. Is That's it cool. the Henry Cavill Geralt? Or is it like the from the game Geralt? From the game. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's in that. Uh, as far as what I've been watching... Uh, I got back into Stranger Things all this time. I was like, I was reluctant to watch it again. Running up that hill. Because it's like two hours. If I could. But it's dope. Like the last the last thing is two hours. And it's engaging. I love the writing. Wait, so is it a rewatch or you just never finished it the first time? I just time? never finished it. Oh, that's weird. It took me six months to get back into why the show. Why would you wait so long? You're like a big fan of that series. Like, why would you not keep up with it? I think we'll talk about it on a chat box. Okay. So, I got back into that. I'm maybe 20 minutes in. The writing is still dope. Locations are cool. I want to see what happens with Vecna. Like, if my theories are all correct, if they all line up. Uh, so, looking forward to that. Mm. I completed The Glass Onion. Yay. Right? The creators of uh, Knives Out. Murder in the Orient Express. Is that what it is? No. Knives Out. Knives Out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Murder in the Orient Express is a completely different series. Okay. Which is related to Death on the Nile, which is another movie. So I feel like Last Onion is kind of on the same level as Knives Out. I like. I think I like Knives Out more, but that's just me. Maybe. Um, Last Onion's all right. I think it's just too. It's a little. It's a little wackier than Knives Out. I think the suspects, the family in Knives Out, is more believable. I like the setting in Knives Out. Sure. Yeah. I like that it's just this old mansion. Yeah. It's this family Contemporary feud kind of type of deal. Yeah. Yeah. And then Knives Out tries to like make everybody interesting, like super interesting. It's just kind of like I don't know. I thought that's try hardish, but that's where the um, the misdirection is. Like mm. you got to focus on everybody because everybody might be a suspect. I, did I tell you that I spoiled the movie accidentally? Not accidentally. There was something I rewinded and checked something like they mentioned later on in the movie, mm-hmm. and I saw like what the really happened, and then I kind of like okay, I know now who's like the the killer. Because it's on Netflix, right? Yeah, so no spoilers. So they mentioned some can... they mentioned something about someone holding a certain cup or something. And I'm like, what? And I go back, I'm like, oh no, that's how it happened. And I'm like, oh, that's really the person who did the thing. And then like when as the rest of the movie resumed, I was like, I already know what happened because of because for some reason they didn't count on the viewer to be able to rewind and check those things. Well, there's a misdirect there. There's a lot of misdirect. There's a lot of moments where people bump up against each other. Yes. And, and you think there's even a character who you think is so completely random, like, oh, you're going to forget about this character later on. Like, they're really... And it's another, like, misdirect kind of thing, where it's like... They try so hard to misdirect compared to Knives Out, where in this one, it's like... Like, if you even try to pay attention, like, you're going to miss stuff because there's no way to keep track of every single detail. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I... Okay, because I found out... I, th- I thought I found out pretty early on. I don't know if this is the middle or a quarter way through or whatever. There's a portion, and there's not a spoiler. I'll just refer to it as before the blackout and then after the blackout. That's like how I would think of it. So before the thing happens and then after the thing happens. When the power goes out. Yeah. Everything before that and then everything after that. And that's just, that's just how I would split the timeline if you had to do it that way. 
Um, because that's like the midpoint of the movie. I don't remember if it was uh, before or after. No, no, no. It was before. Okay. I got it before because there's a section where they're upstairs. Yeah. And oh. Then, uh-huh. And then there's a, a comment. And I'm like, oh, that's very convenient type uh, of thing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is this is my main suspect. With like the background or whatever, right? With the, like the the frame or the or the like like a color thing, right? Is it a color thing? Well, I didn't pay, pay attention to that part. Oh, I did. I paid attention to the commentary that that you said. Hey, everybody's like right here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. I was like, oh, that's very convenient that they are right here. I, I yeah, can't yeah, say yeah, anything. Yeah, I, 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 I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So I got it at that point. And he was my main suspect for the rest of the film. Oh, it's a he. Oh, shit. <laughs> they were my main su- suspect for the rest of the film. And then I, after that, I was like, oh, this mis- misdirect here and here. And yeah, here. and you started paying more attention to that character. Yeah. I focused predominantly on that character. Uh huh. And, and I just it. couldn't get away. And everybody everybody had their motives, but they weren't like, they weren't strong enough. Exactly. Because, yeah. because everybody else's motives were like, after one person. Related to that, yeah. But then when I had my main suspect, I realized like, oh, the motive is for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Fuck. It's hard not to spoil this shit. Yeah, you're okay. kind of just dancing around it. Glass Onion, Murder Mystery. You guys should watch it. It's fun. I, I give it like at least a 7.5 at the very least. I give it like an 8. I enjoyed it. It's just, I think a Knives Out does it better in everything. But that's just me. I think Knives Out is more grounded and I think that's why I like it more. Yeah, and it's a... Uh, they're going to come out with another one, of course. Right? Yeah, they have a, a deal for w- at least one more with the option of, like, extending it. Okay. So they already have, for sure have to do one more. All right, cool. Yeah. Um. So what do you have? Uh, the only thing I've really watched is Last of Us and Anime. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, yesterday was the second episode. Um, I mean, I don't, want, I don't know if I want to spoil it or not, but if you played the game, it's basically... No, I don't spoil it. Huh? Don't spoil it. Okay. Well, if you played the game, it's like one of the early game sections. Like, I don't know if that's not really a spoiler, but it's like, if you know where like the, if I say ambush, you probably know what that is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's basically the the prep, the whole like climax of the episode, essentially. And that's kind of it. That's kind of, I mean, they finally show like what the, they finally show like the clickers. I don't, mm-hmm. think, it's a, I don't think it's a spoiler because if you've been paying attention to the trailers, like clickers it's obviously gonna show it's up early enough yeah enough. yeah yeah and like they, they're they pretty good i i don't i think it's mostly practical effects almost all of its practical effects i think that's great because they look really like i even saw like like they just like behind the scenes like shots where like neil Druckmann, like the, the he's like this is the first episode he directs and he's talking to the dude in costume as a clicker so like and like all of it looks practical so I'm like okay it's very believable um even though you know what's gonna happen with a lot of the stuff in terms of clickers, like you still feel the anxiety where you're, you know, like, oh, like they can't, like Pedro, like Joel does a thing where he tells like Ellie, like um, he mouths like like they can't see, but like they can hear, but like he mouths it all. So the subtitles, you know, he's like, so right, so he points to his ears and stuff, and Ellie's like, like okay, like yeah, sure. And then the whole thing with Ellie, Ellie's awesome. She's just like in the games where she's just like every opportunity, she's just dropping f bombs at everything for every reason. She's kind of doing the thing where, like, stay close. She wanders around. Like, it's scared by... It's like a jump scare kind of thing. And, like, that's what you get for not, you know, not paying attention or whatever kind of thing. Where she's you just... She's, like, the annoying bratty character she is, like, in the first game in the beginning. Kind of. Mm-hmm. So, I, lo- I love all that. Like, Bella Ramsey's... She's... I'm warming up to her as Ellie. She's starting to fit the mold of Ellie, I think. 
Yeah, I keep hearing this from other from other viewers that they're having a hard time just having Bella Ramsey as Ellie because they're like she just doesn't look like her. She just looks so off. I kind of got over that. I think that the real thing is going to be hard for me is that if they do another season, they're going to have to age her up. And then and she's 19, I think right now, 19 years old, so she's not going to do much more growing. And yeah, so she, I think she's just going to be perpetually short or whatever. So how's that going to work for the glow up for Ellie when she is much taller, much like frame, like adult framed in the sequel? You know what I'm saying? So I, they're probably going to have to replace her with a different actress, I think, maybe. Oh, I don't think they'll do that. Because, you know, Ellie's supposed to go through like, what, five years or whatever? Yeah, they would have done it from the beginning. But, but the actress is already 19 years old. And she doesn't look that much different than she does in the show right now because she, she's short. So I'm saying, like, I don't know how that's going to work if they're going to... If you want to believe Ellie's this formidable physical force, like in the second game, I I don't know how they're going to make Bella Ramsey that way. I, she she doesn't look like Ellie right now. So if they swapped her out with a different actress, I'd be like, okay, whatever. If the, she looks similar, but just, like, stockier. Because that's what happens to Ellie. She gets taller and more, like, fit-ish. Just taller. She's less, less of a... Well, teen. Ellie looks like a child right now. Yeah, exactly. And then, right... The older the game, Ellie looks like she's in high school. Like, exactly. You, you guys know the difference. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Bella Ramsey just looks like she's like 12 perpetually, even though she's 19. That's true. So that's the issue. So I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Joel, like, he he plays the Joel right. Yes. He plays it right, but it's not Joel. It's not the Joel. I'm hearing that. Yeah, he doesn't have the exact same mannerisms. Like, exactly. when I hear his accent, because I've, you know, seen clips of it. Yeah. When I hear his accent, it, it feels like... It just feels forced. It doesn't sound natural. Yeah, I kind of get that. I, I, it's weird because I, I think I've got like a pendulum shift where Pedro seems a little less Joel now and Bella now seems a little more Ellie than before. Mm-hmm. It's like they kind of switch, sort of. It's weird. Yeah. But, I mean, it's the first ep- It's the second episode. We still have seven more to go. So, who knows character-wise where we're going to end up in terms of like So, So, there's that and then the character. I forgot, I forgot her damn name. Tess? Tess. It seems like they made her weaker. In the game, she seems like she's more of a badass. She can handle herself. She's been in this world forever. Is that true? I don't think so. She's not as she's about the same. She's about the same, I think. Okay. I can't really tell. Uh, they do some stuff. I don't want to add, like spoil, but like they add a lot more to the lore of the Cordyceps. Mm-hmm. Like, Which I do- love. That's what I've always they fucking do- wanted. They, like, they go more into the origins of everything. Great. But they also add, like, new abilities to the Cordyceps also in terms of, like, how interconnected the clickers are and stuff like that. Yeah, well, we mentioned about... This isn't a spoiler. Not about not about the spore stuff. The tentacle. Not... Yeah, 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 yeah. The tendrils, yeah. Like, like they're almost... not. I wouldn't say psychic, but, like, there is, like, a... Certainly, like, a long-range connection to, like, the Cordyceps. Which I thought was interesting. But I love like how they keep adding more to the stuff that's not in the games with like, I think the first episode has it with the premise of how cordyceps would happen. Mm-hmm. And then the second episode actually shows you how the cordyceps happens. And I, I keep loving how they keep adding more because it's all this stuff like there's like an interview with Neil, um, separate interview, separate interview from um, I told Johnny earlier, my my friend who I co-host uh, a Star Wars podcast, he actually got to interview Neil Druckmann, which is super, super cool. But a separate interview Neil does, I think, on the pod, the official pod for the show. He talks about like how all the stuff they're adding to the show is stuff he wanted to add to the games. 
that he just wasn't for whatever production reason or like storyboard reasons, like the background, the extra stuff with the tendrils, like these were all things that he wanted to add for the, to the game already, or that he added specifically just because it makes more sense in the show. So like without spoilers, there's a certain showdown that's supposed to happen in the second episode mm-hmm. and it's changed slightly because Craig uh, Maz, I think Craig Maz the Chernobyl writer talked to Neil about like, like, does that make sense? Would that actually happen? Wouldn't it be more like, does it make sense for such and such character to be out this far out here? Wouldn't it make more sense if this thing happened? And Neil's like, yeah, actually, you're right. When you think, when you think about it, that does make more sense. So like, they kind of make a few switches in terms of like who should or who shouldn't be at this climatic moment. Yeah, sure. But that is just an epic moment for it's still it's still pretty good. It's still pretty good. It's just the people involved are slightly different now. For like logistic reasons within like the game within the show's like logical universe kind of thing. Okay. You'll get to it when you watch the show. You need to watch the show already, John. I, don't, I you need to watch the show with me. <laughs> but anyway, so that's true. But I, I don't like I don't like like fucking weekly. Because you I have to binge, stuff. binge the whole shit. I know. I don't, I'm not that strong enough for this though. I did. I'm doing that with Star Wars Bad Batch, where I'm waiting for a few episodes to accumulate, and then I'm just gonna watch a whole bunch. Yeah. But with The Last of Us, because it's so game-centric and related to games, I can't stay away from it. So yeah, Good point. But anyways, so yeah, I'm enjoying The Last of Us, uh, the show. Can't wait. I'm I'm kind of bummed I have to wait another week to watch the next episode. But uh, I'm loving it so far. It's really cool what they're doing, adding to the lore and everything. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Okay, so I have, um, I have a chat box. Okay. Random stuff. Sure. Um. Oh fuck it! I'll save it for next week. Ah. Why would you do that to me? I don't know. You say you don't know. I don't know. All right. Is that what you got then? Yeah. Oh, I, before I forget, go ahead. Do I don't know. I don't want to wrap up the pod yet. So what do you got? I have. Uh, let me find the email. So we got a email from our old contributor, Moss Sauce. Okay. Um, looking up on my phone because this is where I keep my emails. Uh, here you go, Masas. Uh, so here's what he says. I'm assuming it's a key. I don't know for sure. It says, hey, Duo Sense boys. Hopefully you guys read this one as well, which clearly are. It says, what do you think makes good game UI? Is all busy UI bad? Love to hear you guys' responses. Long time listener. Keep up the great pod. Masas. So for those who don't know, UI is basically user interface. It's the It's the HUD. The heads-up display on video games, where you see your HP, you see your health, you see your items. It's basically all the ancillary stuff on the edges of the screen that's not just, like, pure gameplay. Mm-hmm. So it's your health bar, your items, all that stuff that's always perpetually on the screen. Um, so I kind of cheated because I did look at this email earlier, so I kind of have I have more of a structured response. I think what makes good UI is, for I would use Horizon Forbidden West as a good example, where... It can look cluttered, but you can just you can have it where if you don't touch it or you don't use it, it just goes away. It goes away until you bring it up. I think with the D pad, you push up or something, mm-hmm. and it, it then the UI comes back. It shows you your ammo if you have like bombs or water potions, your health, all that stuff. Now people usually rag on Ubisoft for having like horrendous UI because all their games are like interconnected all the time. 
So like Assassin's Creed games have like the whole like, hey, take part in this seasonal event. It's like in the corner of this map of the screen. You have a big old mini map. You have your health bar. You have your items. You have like all this extra kind of like satellite information that kind of just makes the screen look cluttered, right? And it's always there. And it's always pretty much always there. I think you can disable it, but if you disable it, you can't toggle it back like in Horizon. You have to go into the menu again to enable it again. So there's no quick like bring up, bring down, bring up, bring up. There's no you have to go into the menu each time. That's annoying. But um, I think you can have busy UI if the busy UI has a really pleasing aesthetic. Now, an example of that would be Persona 5. If you've ever played Persona 5, Persona 5 has like these, when you're fighting, all the words look like they're made up like a pieces of like ransom notes where like the letters are not the same font. It's like clipped. It looks like clipped up pieces of paper. And so like when you switch to like a certain weapon or certain item, the the word pops up and it's like at a it's like diagonal it's diagonal from the bottom corner going across a screen but it looks cool it looks cool because it looks like a bunch of it looks like someone wrote in their notebook in high school and you have like doodles and like ransom note letters glued into the pages it's cluttered sure it's cluttered but it's pleasing to look at because it looks it's so original and unique that I almost don't mind that it looks that way. And then when you go to like the when you go to the menus, like if you go to the menu, like there'll be like a little transition where like the page flips over and then like the new like and then like these ransom words show up or whatever. It's like a it's like a dial. I don't know if you can see like, if you're listening you can't see. I'm showing Johnny. But it's like a dial where like you have like items, weapons, attack, defend, whatever. And then like when you select the thing, the next one gets highlighted and bigger. Okay. Like it snaps out. But it has like those ransom it looks it looks like pleasingly aesthetic the aesthetic looks very pleasing so and then her and then also just persona has this whole like jazzy kind of urban feel to it like the, like the music the um the motifs when you go to menus when you go to the shops to buy stuff everything has this kind of like notebook scrap paper look to it and it fits for the theme of being high schoolers and stuff so i love it looks very busy and if you're not into like very flashy kind of like inner like um uh, not interaction was the term like like kind of like scene changes I guess we call it like uh, going from a menu to menu and like seeing these transitions play out it can be a little jarring but you get used to it like within the first hour and Persona 5 is like a 100 hour plus plus game so by the it almost doesn't bother you anymore um, and then for example Kingdom Hearts 2 Kingdom Hearts first two Kingdom Hearts game have a thing where your menu like attack uh, talk or whatever the menu is always themed on the world you're in. So if you're like in under the sea, or if you're like with Ariel, or little mermaid, like you have like little shells and fish around like the menu. And then if you go to Agrabah, like, like Aladdin, you'll see like little, like it has like a, it has like the lamp motif. It has like the, the little kiosk, like little stalls, like the little, um, the bazaar, you know, like the, like the market. Okay. It has like those like little like the wooden poles and like kind of like the flourishes of like like Arabic like writing kind of like it looks cool. So I think you can I think you can have busy UI if it's aesthetically pleasing and it makes sense. Now there is cool minimal UI. I mean minimal UI like I'm sure Johnny will probably bring up. I'm not going to steal this from Johnny, but Dead Space has perfect minimalist UI because it uses the UI within the game. Yeah, that's or like um. Death Stranding, right? Because you have like the in-game whatever hologram projections, right? As like the in-game menu, right? For certain, there's a lot of games that do that. Uh, Borderlands has terrible UI, for example. I love Borderlands games, but the UI, but like when you go into the menu and like it's just very busy, 
it's slow. It lags to like flip like tabs or whatever. It's just really clunky and everything's like blue or white, like this monotone kind of boring holographic. Like you're looking at the map. You have no idea what you're looking at. It's just like garish. So I think you can do busy UI as long as it's aesthetically pleasing. It makes sense within the game world. Yeah. If the UI is complementing the combat, um, two examples of like very immersive UI is horizon zero dawn. You just turn on your focus Oh, that's right. Yeah, and the focus is like telling you, giving you all these environmental details. It's, telling you where to go. Um, what's the, the word looking for? Digetic? Is that the word? Of? Digetic? I don't know. It means in in universe. So like, uh, it's like it's you see it, but the player sees it. That's or hears it. That's digetic. So like, um, when you hear the radio station in Vice City, that's digetic music. That's the sound that your character can also hear. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess a UI in Grand Theft Auto would be like you're in your car and you just press a button. You bring up your cell radio. phone. Oh, okay, your cell phone. I guess. Yeah, in GTA, you use the cell phone, and that's like your the cell phone has like the different. Yeah, apps. that's cool UI. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like just the UI that's on top of this whole screen. The overlay. It's just integrated it seamlessly into the game. Yeah. Uh, like you mentioned, Dead Space, you have your health bar in on your back. That's amazing. On the spine. That's great. Yeah. You have it on the spine. I remember seeing that the first time. I thought that was like the coolest thing ever. I'm like, like, why don't games have that? Like, it's cool. Yeah, that's a, a little gripe that I had with a God of War. God of War could have had like a little crystal on your back that told you what your health bar actually was. Mm. Instead of having it in the bottom, you could have this little like crystal that told you like, hey, you, the crystal's red, the crystal's green, mm. whatever, right? It's like, do you remember when our cousin Jeremy had Resident Evil Code Veronica on Dreamcast? Mm-hmm. And then Dreamcast had the little VMU unit in the controller. Where you could just look down and just see like what the status was without going to the menu kind of thing. I mean, that's outside of the game, but it's kind of part of the game too because it's part of the controller. There's um other UI that's like some games you get like Kratos, he gets hurt. You don't know if he's hurt unless you have your health bar out, right? Mm-hmm. A good example of integrating UI is like Resident Evil. You start to like slouch over, you start to limp. You know you're in, in dire straits, right? You know that's when you need to take your health. I don't know if that really counts as user interface. I mean, I can kind of see that, like, where it replaces the need to check because you can clearly see how bad you're doing. Yeah, exactly. But I like, wouldn't say that's, like, part of, like, the... To me, I, it is because okay. you're eliminating a component that's sure. Okay. on the screen. Yeah, that makes sense. I like how, uh, quick example, I think is I think it's the Halo games where, like, you see your... You have the LED indicator of bullets on the gun, I think. Okay. Right? All right. I think... I don't know if all the guns have it, but most of the guns have the thing where you do see the number counter. Mm-hmm. on the actual like battle rifle so you can like see how many rounds you have left based off the number right there on the indicator so I- yeah another another piece of cool ui man there's so many of these but uh one that i really like that really complements the gameplay where it feels like you're still immersed in the world is resident evil because you open up a chest and like you walk up to the chest it doesn't feel like you're opening up a menu it just feels like you're going into the chest into the chest oh that would be more like for like resident Evil 4 i think where you have like the actual like attache case like the actual case where you can move the things around in the case and like it's clearly like oh that's another step i don't remember that yeah remember you you, like slide it you rearrange the items in the suitcase so they fit well that's what i do in the chest is it the same i don't remember no yeah okay because you can get bigger cases in resident evil 4 remember leon buys like the cases and yeah like certain guns take up more than two like slots you have to like tetris it with the herbs and the bullets and everything well i remember remember like i mentioned like four is kind of a gap in my resident sure evil yeah, yeah you did say that yeah. yeah so i don't know you could adjust it kind of like tetris that's mm-hmm. cool that's dope 
Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of these. Uh, another one, Ghost of Tsushima. Instead of giving you like a map, like I think it does have your map, right? Okay, so so Johnny, are you overall saying you prefer minimalistic UI oh, for in sure. general? Like Ghost of Tsushima, instead of like giving you arrows or whatever. It just gives you a flock, flock of birds or some wind that tells you what direction to go to. You know? Oh, the wind, yeah. But rather than having like a mini map with like a GPS thing, that's that, always like stuck. Up that there. wouldn't really make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great example. Yeah, because how do you traverse the world without having to use a mini map, which would kind of just take you out of it? And like, I know there's for Ghost of Tsushima is such a stylistic game. I know there's people because you have like the filters, right? You can do like the black, the Yoshi, the Yoshi, the. Mm-hmm the kurosawa like black and white filter but you have like this like sepia you have like all these different filters where like you can have you can play the game with like almost no ui at all and like how annoying would it be to have like a gps thing or whatever you just have the wind to just tell you where to go like that's that's such a novel idea yeah Yeah. um i hear i hear rpg uis are very annoying rpgs you need to have yeah i think for the most like yakuza like a dragon or pokemon like you have to have the UI that's very intrusive because of the nature of like turn-based games where you're you're going to menus into menus into menus like you can't get away from that for that style of game because you have to see the numbers you have to see the stats it's a very stat heavy system heavy style of gameplay you can't it would be really hard to do away with like so it's more micromanagement yes absolutely okay it would be really hard to, like for example it would be really hard to do an RTS without some kind of UI right like you're just kind of just blindly just doing whatever yeah you got you got so many little units you have your systems within systems you have to have a robust ui i think that's also why i don't like a lot of mmos because a lot of mmos have very busy uis where they have like all the keyboard hotbar commands and the inputs i good point because i love mmos i mean um well, I was gonna say RTSs, but. but they have like all like the the hot bars, the hot keys, like all the commands on the bottom, and then like all everything what everyone is typing or saying like on the side of the screen. And you have your mini maps, you have your loadout, your weapons. Yeah, it's a very like busy, and I think that's why I don't like most MMOs because it just looks so confusing when you see like this, like okay, where's the manual for understanding all this information? Do you think it would be? annoying if if you had the option of course they give you the option but if the game gave you the option of, of saying hey we're gonna put your ui in your phone so for example if if you get damaged your your phone starts to beat like a heart and it's telling you like hey you're fucking low on health you gotta take some medicine right now there were some games that did that with um i don't know if you remember there was a gran turismo game where you could hook your ps3 to your vita and your Vita would function as an in-game rearview mirror. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, it wasn't a really used feature, but that was a feature where you could do that, where you could, where the PS3 and the PS Vita had some kind of connectivity where you could use a Vita as a rearview mirror. But like, I guess somebody would have to hold it for you or something. You drive with one hand or something, but like, or you could have it like set up on your desk or your wherever you're playing your your entertainment center, and you could use the Vita. So you wouldn't have to like toggle the buttons. You would just see automatically the video would show you like your rearview mirror, so that was cool. Yeah, what am there was uh, sorry to cut you off real quick. There was uh, one of the Assassin's Creed games had a companion app where like you could dispatch ships that you owned on missions, and then you could play the game, and then like they'll come back on the phone, and like the resources you get added would be added to your game that you're playing at the same time. So you could you're essentially playing two games at the same time, but they were interconnected. Not the exact same thing you're talking about, like the heartbeat and the vibration, but let's kind of close i guess it's similar i just i just don't see how that's ui 
Oh, because you're talking about just like external stuff, right? Saying about on your phone, like on your. Well, laptop. instead of having it on the screen displayed all the time. Like, oh, cause, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, like my phone would tell me, like again, the heart rate. Or if it function as like in-game GPS or something. That'd be a little bit tougher because you got you got to keep your eyes on the screen. You know. I can do. I can. I can look and then I look and like you know I don't know, I can do that. I guess people do it in real life. Yeah, we do that in real life. <laughs> we like to look at the GPS, look back the road, look back the GPS. Yeah. Okay, I I think that addresses the question. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. I think yeah, I think Johnny prefers minimalistic, but I think you can do busy if you can do it right. Well, as long as you can toggle things on and off. Yeah. Yeah, because I made the Persona example. That's an RPG. RPGs you have to have menus and stuff. So I think Persona out of sheer necessity has to have a good eye so it actually is fun to play with um but yeah i think forbidden west is probably the best example of like toggable toggable is that the right word toggable ui yeah yeah. and i think you can even go into the menu and choose what shows up on your ui I think. yeah you can say just give me the artifacts just give me the yeah you can like specify what you want to toggle so it's very it's a lot of like it's accessibility, yeah. There's a lot of accessibility, a lot of like cool functions in Horizon, which uh, didn't get enough attention. I think it kind of undeservedly so. It should have got more attention. But yeah. anyway, so thanks, Moss Sauce, for the question. Uh, Johnny, did you have anything else? I think that's it. That's it for sure. Yeah. All right. You have any la- no chat box, nothing? No, we'll save that. All right, that's fine. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have made it this far, we thank you as always for your listenership. Uh, thanks to Mossos for sending us an email, uh, sending us a question. And you can do that too. You can send us questions, comments, suggestions, ideas, anything at uh, our email, duosensepodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's duosensepodcast, one word, at yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter, duosensep. Uh, we've been getting more followers on there. Um, no questions though. So you can send us questions and comments through our Twitter handle, duosensep, one word, on Twitter. Um, Johnny, I guess that's kind of it right now. So I guess we will see you guys next week. All right, peace. Peace.